all these people who are really famous or celebrities um, to the outside world, you know, they're craving meaningful relationships yeah. just like we all are. You know, they probably are just want realness, want a real person, yeah. you know, like gonna shoot them straight, you know, like. Welcome into the podcast, another episode of Living Large. I apologize right off the bat for missing a few episodes. I was working on my music release, which you guys heard in the intro. No Love in LA. It's out now. Go stream it. I'll link it down below. But today's episode is with Matt Como, a huge inspiration of mine in the film and photography world. He's been doing this stuff for a very long time. He started off working at GoPro, then he worked for the Chainsmokers, and now he's working on movies. Um, he's someone that I look up to in the industry, and if you guys enjoy my videos, you guys are going to enjoy his a lot more because he's extremely, extremely talented. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Matt Como, an inspiration of mine in the yeah. film world. Thanks, brother. One of the people that got me into film uh, behind Casey Neistat, Devin Supertramp, and then I saw your stuff, and I saw Sam and Taylor Cut Films. You kind of like immersed yourself, I think. You started more so as like that travel videographer type editor, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, it kind of coincided with the job I had at, at the time. So you worked at GoPro. I worked at GoPro for almost three years. How did you land that job? Um, well, I guess to give you the Spark Notes version, I got denied from it twice, actually. I applied for an internship and didn't get it my senior year of college. And then I applied for a job on the ski and snowboard team. Didn't get that as well. And then somehow my resume floated to the director of social at the time. And um, she called me and took a bet on me. And two weeks after I graduated, I moved up to San Francisco and started working there. Where, where'd you go to college? Chapman University. Where's that? Uh, it's in Orange County. It's like right near Disneyland. You're born and raised here, yeah? Uh, yeah, Orange County. Okay. Yeah, went to film school there. How did you... Like, were you excited when you got GoPro, I'm sure? Oh, my. Yeah, it's a dream job. Yeah. 100%. What was it like living in San Francisco? Because I've actually never even been there, so I'm curious. <laughs> um, I didn't. I really didn't like it at first, to be honest. Um, but now that I've moved out of there and, and I've been in L.A. for the last bit of time, I mm. actually miss it quite a bit sometimes. Uh, it's a lot more laid back. Uh, the culture there, um, everybody's very outdoorsy. They ride bikes. They go out. They do, like, outdoor activities right, right. um that's not so much the case here <laughs> yeah i think the the leisurely activities here are like going to the club yeah yeah for like sure that's doing like, molly at coachella yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but what in the what did you did your start come in film like videography at first or was it more so photography what got your start into like the creative field see that's probably like the most common misconception if you follow me uh, or you you know who I am through uh, like YouTube and digital platforms is you know a travel videographer is right. kind of like how my accounts blew up but I so like I mentioned I went to film school for four years mm -hmm. have a traditional background um, and studied to be a DP so a cinematographer so I understand everything about cameras lenses lighting right. um, from a traditional set standpoint got the job at GoPro that was a dream for me so then I took a departure from the traditional uh, Hollywood world so to speak and because I was traveling the world with the company um, I just took advantage of those opportunities and right. filmed a lot of content um, in addition to what I was supposed to do there uh, for myself as well, posted online and it just, you know, right place, right time, it blew up. So why when you're like, your dream job was being a cinematographer, a DP, why would you take a job at GoPro when that like, so, so far away, like you're shooting on a little tiny camera, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I oh, like... One of my big inspirations when I first started to get into film was watching skate videos, snowboard videos, and I was really into snowboarding. And the first, like, two um, launch reels that GoPro came out with for, like, Hero 2, Hero 3, and then Hero 4, I was just, like, jaw-dropped yeah, by those. Yeah, like, at the time, that was crazy. Oh, yeah, you remember, yeah. that's, like, when yeah. Twixter, like, was just a thing, and, like, you're seeing all these crazy slow-mo effects, and... um I was just, I, it was, I wanted to work there. That was it, you know? So I always knew I'd come back here and, you know, I'd, I'd jump back into more of a traditional uh, form of film, but uh, it was a good thing to do at the time. What is it, what is it that you're working on now? Cause I know you did that for a minute and you mm -hmm. kind of got, did get grouped in, in, in my perspective to like the Taylor cut film. Yeah, of to course, the which Porter. is fine. I you like got grouped it, yeah. into that group of people. Yeah, totally. Um, has it been, is that something that you don't like to be associated with or is that something you're trying to break? No, away no, from? that's totally fine. I okay. think it's, I think it's great. Um, it definitely exposed my work to a ton of people. Right. Um, a lot of kids who want to get into the business, so to speak. Um, 
I, I guess to answer your question, is it my career trajectory and path? No. Yeah. Is it a blip in the radar in my early 20s? It's like really fun to do. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I think I, I there was a time period where that the colder cut and like whatever that transition shit yeah. was a big <laughs> thing. And I would meet videographers that wanted to work for me and they'd be like, like, yeah, like send me your work. And they would just emulate you guys. Yeah, like yeah. They would be like, all right, I've seen Matt Como do this literally like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they would they would really emulate your work. What is it like? What's the next level for you? Like what's your next step? Because I know that you kind of evolved from more of that, like filming things that are happening to like telling a story, mm-hmm. like your whole, I, I remember you sat down at like a piano and you had like a really good st- yeah, like yeah. storytelling. You're kind of shifting it, I, I would say, and we'll get into this. I have so many things I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You're shifting it from more of like, okay, I film these videos to like, you're kind of, you're becoming the star of the videos while directing the videos while editing the videos. So you're getting to like showcase your personality now. Mm-hmm. And encompass all of your talents. Right, right. Um, so I guess there's, there's, I think, two questions you asked. And the first one is, like, what's kind of the next move? Right. And um, it's telling longer stories. So, for example, I, I have a short film that comes out in um, probably around March and April of this year. Uh, that'll be around 15-ish minutes, follows a three-act structure, um, and is, you know, a full piece. I think that's a kind did of you write that or did you write yeah, yeah, I wrote okay. and directed. Um, it's completely self-funded. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's what's next for me. I eventually, um, would love to make big blockbuster films within the next 10, 15, 20 years, hopefully. So this is kind of just like the early stepping stone to eventually doing that. Is that why people do short films? Like, cause here's my question about a short film. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make any money off of it. Mm-hmm. Is it is it kind of just to like okay here here's what I can do in a short fifteen minutes to like say like Fox has some money or Disney has some money? It's like I want to film your movie. Is that kind of what the purpose of a short film is? Um, I mean, it depends. Um, I think with any art form, you just need to have at bats, so to right. speak, and you need to learn how to um, do what you're trying to do. So that what I'm trying to say is that. Doing a YouTube travel video that's really hype is completely polar opposite than having a three-act um, structure with characters right, right. and actual character development and arcs. So for me, this was kind of more of a, um experiment to see, one, can I do it? And two, just to, you know, be more knowledgeable of that, you know, um, because it's very similar to like the GoPro thing for me. It, it was a combination of right place, right time, but it was also a combination of preparation and talent meeting the right, right place right. at the right time. So, you know, I just look at the next five, 10, 15 years. And if my goal is to direct these big, big films, I need to be putting in the work now so that if opportunity does come knocking in some weird, um, you know, shape or form, I c- can perform, you know, so. Um how old are you? 26. Okay. Does, does like, since you start off, I guess, using the camera, mm-hmm. do you want to be a DP still or do you want to be a director? Director, for sure. And why is that? Um, because I like to see the vision all the way through. Um, I think a lot of just being a, a DP, like obviously you're in charge of, you know, setting the entire mood for a film or a music video and you're really establishing the look and it's such an integral part to the film. Um, but it kind of just stops there at, at the look and the uh, visual emotion that you're portraying. I want to be in charge of the story from the beginning to the delivery at the end. Do you have a production company? I mean, I have a LLC. Like you, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. I've always wondered this. <clears throat> There's so many of you guys that are so talented. Yeah. Why have you guys not like gotten together and like built a production company? Mm-hmm. And like, cause I know you guys all do a lot of separate stuff for companies. Yeah. Here, yeah. Right? Like you've done a lot of, uh, branded stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like commercials and shit. Yeah. 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 Think about all your guys' talents coming together into one production company and going know, to, to an Audi and a BMW and saying, Hey, here's our talent. Like, look at stuff we've done. Right. Why not get a hundred thousand dollar budget and do a commercial? Why haven't you guys done that? Uh, I don't know. I've definitely thought about it quite a bit. Um, and I, I mean, the only thing I can really think about or come back to with that question is, it's we're just it's a competitive space, and I think that 
like if you look at it in the lens of uh, the music industry, for example, it's mutually beneficial to uh, collaborate with somebody, you know, like you have a record and then you have a feature on it. You know, you're both tapping into each other's audiences. If I could take a guess on why that doesn't work or isn't applicable to what you're asking is I think it's because it's not mutually beneficial. You know what I mean? Where you're kind of jockeying for the same amount of work. Okay. So I could imagine a lot of people just want that for themselves here's because this is something i'm trying to trying to figure out why does it work in music where it's like okay you feature me on a track great like cool like that's good for both of us right but then you have like the team 10 which completely failed right right. all these people trying to and then uh, like basically what i'm saying is build a team 10 of videographers right do you think it has to do with like, what do you think that reason is? is? It like an ego thing? Do you think? I think that's an. I think it's an element of that. Yeah, for sure. And do you think? Do you think the, that it works with music because, uh, they have so many higher ups controlling them? Why um, do you think it works with music and not with video and not with social media creators? It's a really good question. Um, I think yeah, I think ego is probably an an element of it, and I think a lot of people. Uh, whether you're a photographer, videographer, director, I think they're inherently very, very protective of their client base. Mm -hmm. And to just kind of like, you know, give that connection off is, uh, you know, probably not their first option, so to speak. Right. Because I think, I mean, dude, there there could be so many successful people if they just like, they did form a a correct team. team, But like, obviously you can't have like, you can't have someone that's running the company be part of the friendship. Right. Yes, you're saying. And what's tricky too is, um, you know, you're either uh, very artistically gifted or you're very uh, business gifted. Yeah. It's very, very rare that you find both. And even somebody who does possess both qualities, it's incredibly difficult to switch back and forth rapidly daily right so you're going to need the team of creatives and artistic types then you're going to need a team to just run the business in and of itself so it's uh, it's kind of complex yeah i think there's like a lot of parties involved Mm -hmm. do you think that social media and the rise of social media uh personalities for example like vloggers and instagram comedians and whatnot did that shift the way that you created your videos no not at all no and it's i mean it still doesn't i mean you've known me for a couple years now do you think it has Mm. (laughs) yeah no (laughs) but i'm saying like i i would typically watch i'm trying to remember some of your earlier videos like did you used to be in your videos at all yeah i've always been in my videos Mm. but you haven't always told stories have you like um like that you're telling now I mean, not that I'm telling now. I think yeah. the early YouTube days, you know, it was definitely just like cool stuff with cool music. What made you want to be more personal? Um, I think you talk about your grandpa in a video. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what the actually the short film's about yeah. is my grandpa. But, um, you know, I think people need to be able to identify with you. And the only way they can identify with you is if you're vulnerable and you speak your own truth, you know, and I just have never tried to be somebody that I'm not right. like ever. I'm the same on camera as I am off camera, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's actually very, very true. Yeah. It's like when I vlog, I put on like the, whoa, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like in my podcast mode, I'm just like chilling. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just the same. You're the same. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what I'm doing. Um, shoot. What was that? What was the question again? I just lost my train of thought. Oh, I think it was kind of like what influenced you to be more personal. Oh, um, I, as you're probably also now finding out when you're putting music out, it, you know, it's nice to have a support system yeah. where people buy into your vision and they buy into you as a person. So no matter what you do, whether you're doing film or you transition over to, you know, making records, you know, people will, will like it. So, you know, I've kind of just, yeah, it's important. It's important. That's dope. Uh, do you want to talk about the short film a little bit? What's it about? Or do you, is it too early in the stages? You don't want to know. No, no, no. I, I can talk about it. Um, and what that process was like, cause it's much more taxing to do a 15 minute video than a three minute video. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So well to kind of just run it back really, really shortly. It's about my grandfather, um, who is in the very severe stages of dementia right now. Uh, my grandma uh, has away from that. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing in the world. Fucking the worst. Bro. Yeah. So, um, it's the story about his life, him meeting his wife. Uh, her name was Violet. She died of cancer, unfortunately, when they were around like 55, 60 years old. 
uh, him developing the disease and then the implications that it has on uh, not only himself, but also the family around him. Um, so I originally had like the seed of the idea last uh, December, mm-hmm. not like two months ago, but like a year ish ago. Yeah. And, you know, just life gets in the way. This music video comes up. I'm moving apartments. I'm traveling. And, like, just things just start running again. Mm -hmm. And it got uh, till around, like, June or July. And I just, you know, was just running at such a fast pace. And, you know, he's not getting any better. Right. And I just told myself back then, I'm like, if I don't stop and do this now, I will regret it for the rest of my life. If, you know, he unfortunately he passed and I didn't get the chance to do it. So... Uh, it took me about two and a half months to write the piece. Uh, we shot it in October. Uh, I did a pickup day in December, and now I'm just in the editing stages of it. Is he starring in it? He's in it, yeah. Oh, so it. it's it's not really like a short film. It's more of like a doc. Or no? It's it's hard to explain. It's like kind of a hybrid. It's a hybrid of a kind of like a doc, but it's also a narrative. Um, I take him to like this art installation at the end. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot involved. Like does he have lines? He doesn't have lines. He doesn't have lines. I don't really know how to describe it. You'll just have to see it. Yeah. I'm it's very excited. interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be interested because, like I said, that's something that's close to me. Um, that's really interesting. I'm sure my mom would really love it. Did you ever see the video of, like, the mom at Wendy's? Mm-mm, no. You should watch it. It's like a son goes and he takes his mom to Wendy's and he's, like, sitting there talking to her, his mom. Uh-huh. And she's... Sitting across from him, he's like, hey, like, do you know who your son is? And, like, he's the son. And she's like, no. He's like, you don't know who your son is. And she's like, no. He's like, what's my name? She's like, I don't know. She had no idea who her own son Damn. was, like, sitting across. And that's what happens, guys. I don't know if you guys are, have ever been to exposed to, like, Alzheimer's is what it ultimately is. Yeah, yeah. When you're, like, but I think they can't diagnose that until you pass away. Like, you have dementia when you're alive and then is Alzheimer's. I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but it's scary, dude. Yeah. Especially for the people around you. Cause it's like my grandma had it for like a long time. So the, the third act of the film is I, I built him an art installation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to explain it, imagine you're 90 and someone looked at your life and they took all the significant things within it and they put it in a room for you to like oh, see, sick. touch, feel and experience. Um, did he react? We'll see this. So that's the magic of the film is I didn't okay. know if it was going to work. Got you know, it. so we went through all, I spent all this money, the whole thing self-funded, um, got, you know, teams of people together to make this and build this thing. So we had like this living room from the thirties. We had this old, uh, setup from like the Korean war it used to be a barber. We had like this barber chair, like all this stuff. Um, and then the final bit of the film, uh, had this artist paint this six foot tall by four foot wide portrait of his wife. He gets through all the end, all the lights go down. We pull the curtain on it and it's just him and his wife and the beauty and the magic of the film is that he starts to remember and he starts like talking about her and he starts blowing Mm -hmm. her kisses and um, like the ethos of the film at this point and what you realize is that, you know, if you have a disease that takes away everything from you, you know, every, almost every single memory, but something sticks and the things that sticks is the love he's had for his um, family, his wife Mm -hmm. and, you know, the people closest to him, then that goes to show you that's probably what's the most important thing in life. Were you, I know when I have a vision mm-hmm. that I really want everything to go how my vision is. Mm-hmm. For that part, when you pulled down the thing, were you, did you have an expectation for how you wanted him to react? I did. Um, <laughs> I did, of course. But I yeah. also like, it's funny you say that because I think about 15 minutes before we got to that part because we took him through the whole thing and then we had a setup for that because it was a different lighting setup. Mm-hmm. I like took a breath to myself and I was like, okay, like if this works out, great. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't, like I'm so proud of myself that we still did this, you know, and we'll, we'll roll with the punches. And I think even if as much as like you want that, I don't know what happened. We'll have to wait and see. But as much as you want that thing to happen for the purpose of your story and the purpose mm-hmm. of your film, I think there's two. There's beauty in like, like if he doesn't remember who his wife is, you know, like mm-hmm. there's beauty. Like that just goes to show you like the severity of, of the it. Disease, right. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, then the story just shifts then. The story shifts. Were you open to that or? Were yeah, you, yeah. I'm receptive to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things for me is like when I have a vision and things aren't happening how I want them to happen, I get mm-hmm. very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Did you did you feel a lot of pressure or more 
more of that, like things need to go according to plan for the fact that your money, your own money out of your own pocket was behind the project. How did you feel about that? Yes. Um, uh, and I don't know how to, to say this in like the, in, I don't know, in the right words, but like, you know, I've, I've done this a lot, you know, made film, made films my whole life. So yeah. um, it's, I'm extremely confident when I'm going into a project. So, you know, it, it felt like that. Um, as far as what I had to do to execute to get it done, I was more so uh, worried about the variable of having my just grandfather there, right. you know, like the whole time, like, okay, am I going to be able to get a 10 hour day out of him? Mm -hmm. Honestly, probably not, you know, and like, is he going to be up to do like three takes of something? Like, I have no idea, you know, and we're spending or I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars and I have all these people out there and like, right something as simple as him not feeling good could just like ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Ruin the whole day. Yeah. So like, that's mostly what I was concerned about. But what was crazy is like, he put in a 12 hour day. <laughs> How is that? Because I mean, I don't know what stage of dementia your grandfather's yeah, yeah. in, but like, I'm thinking about my grandma. My grandma couldn't talk. Yeah. She yeah. couldn't feed herself. She couldn't go to the bathroom. Like the disease basically turns you back into a baby. Right. Right. Um, was he like, when you told him to do stuff, was he doing it? How, how did that like so for and, and also did yeah, you film yeah. behind the scenes yeah yeah okay. oh yeah we have a ton of behind the scenes yeah well so for example like there's this one bit where he had there, we have this journal that we made for him and he had i needed him to like rub his hand like over this like engraving of it and i would ask him to do it and he you know he just couldn't do it so then i would have to take his hand and be like hey can you do this for me and you know like just very slow and the simplest a task probably took five times as long as i thought it would so right that's kind of like yeah it's that's yeah that's that's insane so um, i mean it's it's important to me and like you know yeah it's was a, a lot of money and a lot of time but uh so far it's been the most fulfilling thing i've ever done of course i think anything you put your own money behind is always going to be like your most passionate project. yeah yeah <laughs> um and your family's gonna love it too once it's finished and they're Hopefully, gonna all yeah. cry their fucking eyes out um why did you decide to use your actual grandfather and not an actor um, mostly because the original seed of the idea was doing the, uh, art installation. Got it. And it was the, at its infant stage, the experiment of if I bombard, for lack of a better word, uh, somebody with everything in their life that would potentially trigger a memory, like what would actually happen? Right. Um, and the only way to test that is to actually use my grandpa. Yeah. And then I built a whole story around it, a whole film around it. What was the most expensive thing you had to spend just in terms of like budgeting? Mm, uh, people, people, cameras, yeah. uh, the location was expensive. We filmed in uh, the same place they filmed The Dark Knight, like Batman's like, oh, that, cave. Uh, garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. film there. I mean, that's like, you know, a couple thousand, four or five thousand a day or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, knowing people is for sure the hookup. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of friends come through. Yeah. Big time, big time. Uh, when I shot my music video, I I shot it actually where like a lot of people shoot music videos. My mm -hmm. buddy owns it, did it for free, but he's like, yeah, dude, like people pay like $10,000 a day for day, this yeah. place. It's crazy. Like, well, the, the 4000 a day was a heavy discount because mm -hmm. like everything that we, even for cameras, like we bartered as much as we could, like me and my producer and we're like, listen, like you probably have a million music videos coming through the door, you know, all these, uh, Hollywood productions. I'm like, we're trying to make a piece about, you know, the, to, to promote awareness for this disease. Yeah, like yeah. this is the story. I had a whole pitch deck about it, why I'm doing it. Like if you can cut us a favor, great. If not, like, no worries. We'll How didn't you else. get in? Did you try to get funding or no? No, 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 I didn't. No. I just want to do it. Uh, I don't, I don't want good. any red tape. I'm just, I, yeah. you know what? Like I've saved my money enough that, right. and I've done well enough. I'm just going to do it. I don't want wait for anyone. Yo guys, I interrupt this episode of the podcast to let you know that this episode is brought to you by better help. It is their third time coming back to the podcast. So I got to thank them. If you guys are battling anything and you need someone to talk to better help is the way to go. They have counselors and you can start in under 24 hours. And if you're not happy with your counselor, you can always switch at any time you want to. I've always said it. It's always it's important to talk to someone 
um, and get out those emotions, get stuff that's weighing off your shoulders. And sometimes you don't want to do that to your friends or your family. You don't want to weigh them down. Maybe it's about them. Uh, it's always good to, to talk to someone that's, that offers an unbiased opinion that's not involved in the situation. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's just professional counseling done securely online. You could talk to them at any point in time during the day. Uh, visit their website and read their testimonies that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com backslash Tumen. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com backslash T-W-O-M-E-N. And join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of BetterHelp. Special offer for you guys, 10% off your first month if you guys go to betterhelp.com backslash Tumen. Uh, but let's shift gears here. Short film's coming out. Yes. But a lot of things that set you up for that short film. You worked with a lot of artists. I saw you with Tiesto mm -hmm. recently. You've done a lot of shit with the Chainsmokers. How did you get kind of in that world? Because that's, it's such a crazy thing because me being from Ohio, right, I see that. I see like Matt Como's hanging out with the fucking Chainsmokers and like all these guys like. I never would think, and now I am too, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm at their I've fucking parties. I've seen you at Drew's house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at their parties and shit, but like being from Ohio, I would never think that I could go to LA and like become friends with like celebrities. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Um, I think it's a, just a product of what I do for a living. Yeah. You know, uh, I am provide a lot of value to a lot of these artists and um, I think, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, and then you become friends with them. Mm. Um, so... You know, like you become a trusted, reliable, you know, resource for them to use for music videos, for tour videos. And, you know, they're like, you know, I like keeping this kid around. Right. I, I like being around. <laughs> Is that some because uh, we were talking about this before the podcast started. How does that because you don't see every day like someone who's filming someone's music video like they're hired. Right. Like mm -hmm. they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to hire you. Come film my video. See you later. Right. You guys like your group of people, you like you shoot videos and then like you put the camera down and you're like, yo, let's have some beers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. how did yeah. you develop that type of relationship? Because it's, it's not common to like mix business with pleasure. Right. I think it's just up to the, the artist's discretion, to be honest. Um, and it just seems like the, I, I mean, I mostly navigate in like the electronic EDM world and most of those guys are just really down to earth. Like mm -hmm. just people like you and I, you know, right. they just happen to be, their their art form they just happen to be really famous from it so um and like the thing is is and you're probably starting to realize too once you live here all these people who are really famous or celebrities um to the outside world you know they're craving um meaningful relationships yeah. just like we all are and you know sometimes like you know i'm not less celebrity or like anything right. um you know they probably are just Want realness. Want a real person. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, gonna shoot them straight, you know? And, like, so that's just who I am. Yeah, I think that's, honestly, I think a lot of people out here, because there's, like, a, there's always that thought, I think, in a celebrity's head that, like, what does this person want from me when right. I meet them? You know what I'm saying? And, like, to find people that are genuine and don't, little don't want anything. They just want to have fun and hang right. out and, like, build those relationships. Well, I think the other thing is, too, is, like, I for someone like myself and a lot of my peers who are uh, filmmakers, you know, there's an immense amount of value that like my skill set can provide to them and, and you know, their business. So um, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, they want, they all need visual content for what they're doing. So why not go with somebody they actually trust and like to be around? Right. I mean, that's who I'd hire. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like a down to earth, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. When did you quit your job at GoPro? Uh, January, 2018. And why did you quit? Um, I was 20. Also, before we get into the GoPro, do they, is, <laughs> is everything filmed on GoPros? Yes, 100%. Actually? 100%. I, yeah, no doubt. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cause I've always I know, wondered. I get asked that a lot, actually. Cause I film on my GoPro and it doesn't yeah. look as fucking good as your damn GoPro commercials. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You guys <laughs> manipulate the settings. We do. <laughs> well, you guys shooting some weird ass like four by three shit, right? Four by three, and then there's a plug-in called uh, Andy's Elastic that stretches it to sixty-nine. And it, what does that do? Why does it make it look so much better? Um, well, so four by three, you have a uh, more vertical resolution. So if you're mounting it to like a ski or a snowboard or a surfboard, you have more of the surfer, skier, snowboarder in the frame. Mm -hmm. um, generally, you can get their whole body. 
And then because now the, the sides are a bit condensed, what that plugin does is it just takes, you set the boundaries. So you'd set the safe places where the person is and then you expand the edges. Why can't they just make the camera do that? I don't know. Uh, something with the field of view and the sensor probably. Got it. But now with the new 360 camera, that's like not even a thing anymore. Okay. So, yeah. um, but continue. Why did you quit? Uh, so I was 24. I started working there. I was 21 and spent three years there. Um, and I learned a ton, mm. an absolute ton. I traveled the entire world and I was getting a lot of opportunities to, you know, dabble in the music industry, which was like very interesting to start going on tour and do music videos. And, you know, it was just a good transition for me. Um, I wanted to move out of San Francisco and be in LA. Um, and I could make a lot more money. Right. <laughs> you know, doing my own thing. So it kind of just like, I will always look back at those three years and be incredibly grateful for it. It was, it was a really good time with GoPro and with the music, you were on the road a lot. What's the, what's that like? Like the life on the road. I had to pull myself off the road this year or I guess last year, technically, um, 2018, I was on the road over 200 days. Oh wow. Yeah. And it's just brutal. It's so brutal. Um, one, you don't get into routine. It's hard to work out. Like hotel gyms are not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really have a sense of a foundation. Um, no sense of home. You don't see your friends as much. But as much as those are the negatives, the inverse is that you are getting a ton of life experience. You get to see the world. Um, so there's trade-offs, you know. Right. But it was just too much for me. I like. I, was like, I, I, I always wonder because... I'm releasing my first song in two years, whatever, uh, on January 31st. And I've like heard it over like a hundred times already, mm-hmm. obviously, because I've been there for writing it and the production yeah, yeah. and filming the video and editing it. And I feel like being a musician, a touring musician, is probably one of the hardest jobs that people don't understand. Like think about playing your own your song every fucking night. Mm-hmm. For a year straight. Yeah. Singing it every yeah. single night. Like, it's it's no wonder to me, like, as it's, it's fucked up as it is, like, a lot of musicians, like, get fucked up in the head or do drugs or do all these things because, like, that life on the road is, like... It's brutal, yeah. It's not sustainable no and as much as and people like look out from the outside and they're like oh that's fucking sick like what are you complaining about you get paid millions of dollars to like travel the world but like dude you're sleeping on planes Mm -hmm. and you're going from show like the chain smokers they'll they'll be playing a show in fucking cincinnati and then they got to go do their residency in in vegas the night of yeah yeah. it's like they'll finish the show at at 11 p.m in cincy hop on the jet and go on the the stage at vegas at 2 a.m you know yeah it's crazy it's crazy um, how do you maintain? Cause for me, I can't, when I travel, mm-hmm. gym isn't even an option like that. I can't eat healthy when I'm on the road. I can't go to the gym. Like it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain like a healthy lifestyle or how did you, uh, or did you, and did you ever dive into like, did you ever lose yourself? Um, I think we all lose ourselves to a certain extent, you know, it's just how mm-hmm. far you off the deep end you go. Right. Um, I mean, I'm innately love to work out. Uh, yeah, you're a, you're one of the 5:30 AMers. Oh yeah, I'm going tomorrow at 5:30. Yeah. yeah, it's just what I do. You How know? do you do that? Because I do it as well. I set an alarm and get my ass up. But uh, what made you want to do that? Um, like, what is your reasoning for waking up so early? Because I have my reasons. You know, I just uh, I live a very um, fortunate life, and mm-hmm. I am very aware of the circumstances of just being born into like a good family and everything, everything that's led up to this point. And I just always tell myself if if I didn't take advantage of all the opportunities in front of me and I didn't get up and I didn't work hard, I would be wasting all the potential I could potentially have potentially I could potentially have. Um, so I just do it and like that you know over i've done it for years now so it's just it's not even a thing anymore so yeah well, you, but dude i don't understand here's what i don't understand about you mm-hmm. like last night you post like and you're always posting like you're editing late as fuck i don't know how you do that one that's uh, one of the most creative most like, late yeah uh, i can't yeah. do it i'm like i go to bed at like 11 30 gotcha uh but are you going to bed at like 1 30 and waking up at 5 30 
Sometimes, yeah, yeah. No nap? Uh, this morning, um, well, so last night I put in a session until about 3, and I have a gym partner, and his name's Kyle, that we work out of the West Hollywood Equinox, and we were going to do a 5.30, and I pushed it to 8 because I needed some rest. So it depends. Not every morning is a 5.30, but... Um, yeah, it just, it depends. It depends. But I always wake up and work out. That's like at least Every day. four or five days a week. Yeah. Okay. I'll take days off, of course. Weekends, I'll sleep in if I'm not traveling or whatnot. That's, that's so crazy to me. I mean, my reason for 5.30 a.m. was like, basically, I wanted to start my day with no distractions. Yes, yeah, that too. Yeah. It's like no one's texting you that early. That's great. So no nice. one's posting on the gram. Like, there's literally nothing to look at. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you go to the gym, you don't have a phone call. I mean, sometimes my family calls me, but like... You don't meditate, do you? No. Yeah, neither. Do you meditate? No, no, no. Oh, I, I, like, I literally can't, dude. I can't at all. Bro, gym, I don't get it. Is my meditation. Yeah, same here. And I'll throw on like a nice motivational video or some music yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But like, I don't understand this whole fucking phase of meditation and like sitting there with your thoughts. Like, know. it's such an LA thing. I'm not going to lie. I've tried. I've definitely tried to meditate, but I just, dude, I can't like a you're, second, shut your mind literally up. a second and a half goes by and I'm thinking of something. I'm like, this, this is not for me. So what's uh outside of like the videos and outside of editing and all the creative stuff, what are some of your interests like hobby wise? Um, or what, what do you, when you're not like, when you're like, fuck, I don't want to edit anymore. Like, what are you going to go do besides the gym? Um, music, dabbling in music, um, for sure. Playing piano, guitar, things of that nature hanging out with friends. Um, this sounds super dumb, but I just love conversation mm -hmm. and like deep conversation about things. Um, so like what? Just like life in general. And I'm very similar. I have, I have certain friends where like, I'll have like life talks with, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I just like to peel back like the curtain behind people a lot mm -hmm. because like everybody has a facade that they're trying to put on who they are. And you just realize that once you get beyond that, everybody's the exact same. We all yearn for the same things. And I don't know, I thrive uh, talking about a lot of those things. And I think that curiosity helps a lot of my filmmaking. Like, Because in order to write characters and do all these things, you need to understand human psychology. So I don't know. I don't know if that really answered your question. But do you do like study? Do you study a lot? Or oh like, my God, do you yeah. you still like to like learn? Oh my God, yeah. Every single day. Every single day. I think uh, that's something that I feel like when you graduate from like having to learn, mm -hmm. I went through a period of time where like I didn't learn. You know, I was like, fuck this. I don't want to read books. But then I read a book and I'm like, holy shit. Like I feel so much smarter. Like I right. can talk about something that I like, I actually understand. That's the one thing I can say that I probably do more than uh anybody that i know is i don't really i i read not as much as i should but i ingest um a lot of information from uh youtube videos and master classes to whatever i can get my hands on audio audiobooks um daily for hours um fall asleep to it wake up go to the gym listen to stuff um because i mean anything you want to do in life uh, the only gap or bridge that you have to overcome is just knowing how to do the thing. Right. The information's out there. Oh, yeah. I learned how to do all my video shit on YouTube. Just like, literally time, watching huh? tutorials and shit. Uh, do you indulge in anything? Like, do you, do you binge Netflix? Do you... Every once in a while, yeah. yeah. Movies, for sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm very into movies. movies. I don't watch TV shows for shit. Um, you got your head on your shoulders from my perspective, right? Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. And I think from a lot of people like watching me, they think that I had my head, have had my head on my shoulders this whole period of time, but uh -huh. I definitely like went through a phase where I didn't. Mm -hmm. Have you ever experienced anything like that where you were like, were lost or you just, you know, of course, weren't you? Of course. Yeah. What was that like? And how did you overcome it? Um, well, I think it happened when, um, I came to LA for probably the first time and being here for a bit. Cause what do you mean? Because you grew up here. Well, I grew up in Orange County. Not the same thing. It's culturally in polar opposite. Okay. Orange County is very uh, surfer, beachy, laid yeah. back type of vibe. It has nothing to do with uh, fame, celebrities, yeah. you know, everything associated with LA. And um, maybe I was just really naive to what LA was like. And uh, there was a period of time there where I was like, this just can't be how the world moves. You know what I mean? Once you're on the inside and you see how things move, it's just like, this can't be it. And that like really shook me for a long time. 
Um, but, you know, I do a lot of things to, you know, intentionally keep myself grounded and keep my head on my shoulders. I work out almost every single day. I go to church almost every single week. I stay close to uh, my parents. I stay close to uh, family friends that I've known since college who, like, have been with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. I keep my cir- I audit, like, my circle that I'm around all the time, like, very closely um, to make sure that I have the right support system around me. So, um, you know, there's things you can do to, to help, you know, mitigate that happening. You said that the L.A., th- like, you said this can't be the way the world works. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Because um, I have a very interesting outlook on L.A. and the rest of the world as well. Just with, like, relationships and people always wanting something from you and everybody looking out for themselves and just business dealings and, you know, people not being truthful. Um, it's like a cutthroat world out here, yeah? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, By the way, guys, he's hinting at some very good material that my song might be about oh that goodness. drops January 31st. Hey. I'm releasing on Friday the name of my song. Anyways, get the plug. Get the plug. Get <laughs> yeah. the plug. Um, yeah, I mean, without saying anything, like, too specific, you know, it's just, like, I think everybody who comes to L.A. will have that sentiment after a certain while. Where like, this place is, whew, like, buckle up. <laughs> but I, I like a lot of things about L.A. I like the pace. Mm-hmm. I like... The fact that everyone kind of has a common goal. I mm-hmm. like the fact that it's a fun environment. And I do like the fact that everyone's really fucking different. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I like about LA. And I understand too, like, obviously people in our position with connections and, and whatnot, you, we, people, you got to like be on the lookout. Like, oh, what's your motive? Do you genuinely want to hang out with mm-hmm. me? Or, or do you want something from me? Um. I definitely went through a phase of that and I have had people enter my life and exit my life that have used me and whatnot. So how do you deal with that? And how do you, how do I deal with it or not deal with it? But how do you like going forward? How do you, I I started not to care. I started to like, look at it as like, I don't really care if you benefit off me or if you want to benefit off me. Cause I'm just like you said about LA, I'm doing me. Right. I kind of had to remind myself that, like, I moved out to L.A. for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't move out here to find a girlfriend and fall in love and have a family. Right. Like, I moved out here because I wanted to pursue what I'm pursuing, like, my dream. So, and I think that that, once I understood, like, also everybody else around here is, like, then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, a, I'm down to accept the fact that this person's in my life and is probably using me. As long as they're not dragging me down, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like... If, if I pop or if they have something pop, like, that helps me. Right. And it is it is fucked up. But I also, I have, I have groups of friends that I separate. Like, I have my party friends. Mm-hmm. I have my friends that I don't film with. I have my friends that aren't in the entertain, entertainment industry that have jobs. Mm-hmm. And then I have, like, my tight group where it's, like, my day ones. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I've learned to just, like, differentiate. Like, okay, these are my business friends. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to collab on videos when we hang out and work together. These are my friends that I don't need to film shit with and I could tell anything to and be say things that I can't say online, you right. know? Right, yeah, yeah. And then I have these party friends where we just, all we do is get fucked up and do stupid shit. And, yeah, that's kind of what I'd That's fair. Yeah, put them in buckets. That's completely fair. But I've, I've along the line, I think early on in my vlog days, I for sure got an ego. I mm-hmm. thought I was a shit. Uh... I mean, you probably, like, you said you're from Ohio. Yeah. Like, you culturally, they could not be any more different. You came here, you popped off. Like, yeah. I mean, it's fair. I think anybody would probably get full of themselves for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But I, I acknowledge that. And I was that's like, good. Yeah, you're I'm growing like, up. Like, not a, yeah, yeah, that's the thing yeah. I've learned. Like, I am growing up. Um, but, yeah, I just, I try to be a genuine person to everybody. I don't have any motive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I go to the... I've been to chain smokers house. I don't know how many times I've never in my life even pulled out my phone and been like, like yeah, but I'm yeah. not tight with them like that. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't want anything from them. They have dope parties. They have yeah. a fun ass <laughs> fucking time. Like they got hot chicks there and everything. Like mm-hmm. I'm just there having a good ass time. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, at the end of the day, like if you're just, your intentions are right mm-hmm. around people, then I think it's chill. 
But yeah, all uh, LA aside, what are what is? Do you collect anything? I was trying to think of like weird something. Like, what's something weird about you that people would be like, "That's fucking weird," or like, "That's dope." <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like uh, something that something that no one knows about you. Something that nobody knows. Uh, well, do I collect things or something that nobody knows about me? Both. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jeez. Uh, I don't think I collect anything except cameras, bro. I, yeah, cameras. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even that, you buy one and it's like outdated in like a year. So, right. um, no collecting really. We, I guess, something that probably no one really knows about me is I used to pole vault in college, or not what? college. Sorry, in high school. Yeah, for four years I pole vaulted. So random. So I'm saying you never knew. Now you know. Uh, it's the most whack sport in the world. What's but. something that you like spend too much money on? Like my thing is vans, right? If I have a pair of white vans. Oh, but like relatively speaking, that's not that much. Like you're not buying. Well, maybe. Dude, have, I have You hundreds. have off whites over there, don't you? Yeah, but I got this for free. Okay. I got fair good. fair but enough. But like I have hundreds of pairs of vans. Okay. Like that's my guilty like spend money on stupid shit thing. Gotcha. Vans. Uh, f- Probably food. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on cameras, obviously, but that's like that doesn't count. You don't meal prep? Uh, no, I do not. I do not. That's a shock. I know. Yeah, lots of whole food. Uh, whole foods. Are you vegan? No, I'm not. Right. Uh, lots of Erewhon. Um, Erewhon is the biggest fucking ripoff on planet. Earth. I love it though. I love that ripoff. <laughs> Dude, all right, there's, guys. There's this grocery store called Erewhon. It's uh, nowhere spelled backwards. And if you guys watch you, that's what they're making fun of because he works at this place called. So whatever Nirvana spelled backwards, mm-hmm. and they're making fun of Erwan. Gotcha. And and you season two, that's that reference. Fair enough. Um, but it's but like twelve dollars for a smoothie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, and then I'll go to nice dinners. I spend a lot of money on nice dinners. I just like on like dates or just like no. I just like to like indulge. I'll, yeah, I just go out with friends and we'll like. What's go to a, a nice dinner? What, what are you talking like catch? Uh, or, no, not nothing okay. that crazy. But like you know. Like uh, I, I live in West, I live in Westwood, so I'll go to like the tavern a lot. Uh, okay, it's you know you're spending like, you know maybe like sixty, seventy bucks. Okay, or something. My spot, Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch, yeah. You ever been there? Uh, uh-uh. uh dude. Is it good? Fire, fire. To check it out. Uh, all right. Well, we I got one more thing to talk about, and then we can wrap things up. All right. You've been single man for three years. I have. Yes. Why? Is that by choice, or you just haven't found the one? Have you tried to date around? What's, oh, goodness. what's the deal with oh, you? Oh, coming in hot now. Coming in hot, hot. Uh, it's a combination of all the above. Um, I'm not opposed to being necessarily in a relationship if the right person came along. Um, but I've grown a lot and I am just looking for very, very specific things in a relationship. And I'm looking for, I need a girl who's incredibly self-aware of herself and, uh, you know, her emotions. I need a girl who's very communicative. Communicative. Um, <laughs> But that word's always funny. Yeah, it, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, good at communication, which um, is so hard. Yeah, but like I think communication and being self aware go hand in hand. Because yeah, yeah. if you have the ability to understand how you're feeling about something, then you have the ability to articulate that to somebody else. Um, I need those two things, and I need them to be uh, trustworthy. Those are the three things, and um, I don't know if I've really found that quite yet. So, do you think that love exists in LA? Mm. Given the type of people that live here, I don't know. I exist here, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, you, how long have you known me for? Two years. Probably. I mean, right. have you have you seen me really change? And nah. yeah, like, you know, I somehow found a way to ground myself in this place. And I'm sure there's, you know, a girl out there who's done the same and is waiting for something like I'm waiting for. So hopefully, I agree. I think it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's now is it a high possibility? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. We might be yeah. in the negative odds, but <laughs> right. I think it's like it's hard to find that perfect person. I think here. Well, there isn't. I don't think there ever is a yeah, perfect yeah. person. There's compromise, you know. Right. And it's just what you're willing to compromise on. Isn't that crazy? Here's what I never understood, huh? You date someone, right? Or they meet you. Say we, I meet someone right now. Mm-hmm. She's attracted to who I am. Right. But then when we start dating, now I have to compromise. I have to change things about me. But it's like, why should I change who you fell in love with? I don't understand that. It is interesting. Well, I mean, they probably only have a very narrow window of who you are. And, they ha- and they're probably fall in love with maybe the idea of you. And like the idea of somebody is also a lot different than who they actually are. Um, and probably something that you'll 
might be dealing with too. And like, I feel like I'm going to have to cross this bridge too at some point is like, I don't want to meet somebody and then them look at my life and be attracted to me because of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, that's which, why I think if you, which I mean, that's always going to happen because I think I know they're I attracted know. to the fact that you've worked to the point where yeah. you've gotten to your, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's so like it's a catch always, 22. It's like, it's, that's a part of you, you know, it's like, I'm yeah. attracted to the, that he works hard and he is successful because that shows, cause I think that tells a lot about a person, mm-hmm. not how many followers you have or anything like right, that, right. but like what you've accomplished, it shows like, like I'm attracted to someone that goes to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's hey. like, all right, I see that this person cares about them, their body. They yeah. care about taking care of themselves. So that's an attraction to me. And I, I care, like if I see someone posting every day on social media and they're like taking whatever they're taking seriously or passionately, I'm like, I, that's attractive to me. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, damn, all right. They go to the gym, they care about themselves. They also care about their business and they're working their ass off. Like mm-hmm. those are attractive qualities to me. Yeah, that's true. I guess when you put it in that perspective, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've been very just like standoff. I don't even, like, anyone that gets close to me, I'm just like, whoa. I mean, you're also just out of a relationship, so it's like, I mean. Is one year just out? Can we? No, but, like, yeah, you go you fair. go through the phases of everything, and I felt like this one was, like, you had a very deep connection with her. So, like, yeah. you know, give yourself a break. You're yeah. still, you know, phasing in and out of it. I'm in a weird phase right now, guys. I went through a fuckery phase where I was just a total douche. And it happens. Uh, playing around a lot. <laughs> But yeah, now I'm on a two month sobriety. Love that. Nice. No alcohol. You're about to get ripped and be super productive. Exactly. Music's dropping. Everything's changing. I'm back to the old mark. That's it for this episode. Give Matt Como a fall. Look out for his short film. When he when he's bringing it out, I'll promote it for sure. You're gonna like set up like a donation, probably. Yeah. 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 For sure. Are you gonna make, have him buy it? To like uh, have no. funds go towards Alzheimer's? No. So I think we're going to do like a premiere uh, with all the friends actually in Hollywood. Um, we're going to have the Alzheimer's uh, like association come out. It's going to be like a pseudo like charity event with the premiere. And then I think I'm going to do, um, for lack of a better word, like a merch line around it. Mm-hmm. So you, you buy, you know, the merch for the, the film. All proceeds go to yeah. charity. Cool. So. I'm looking forward to that, guys. Check out Matt. Very fucking talented. If you like my videos, then you'll like his way more because he's so much better than me. <laughs> he actually helped edit my first music video, Does Your Mama Know? He showed me a lot of tricks. Oh, that's so, right. I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, check out his shit. And if you want to be, just check out his shit. Thank you. Thanks. Oof! I can lie.